1: Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void where prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at frito com. Hello, friends. Welcome, Welcome to, to Radio Free Mavs. This is Kirk Henderson with MavsMoneyBall.com. We're still figuring out if the uh request function works so i'm going to bring people up i want you to hit mute if you can till i call on you we're going to talk about this uh i didn't post last night's locker room mainly because i felt like i was a little off kilter and i didn't want to you know publish anything where i was i don't know just off i i felt tonally it was kind of all over the map and i didn't really want people to have to deal with my nonsense um coming up first is my man joel how you doing joel, joel.
2: Hey Kirk. It's been an uh, exciting couple of days. A funny thing was, right before you started this room, I hopped on the green room like 30 seconds before, thinking Kirk's about to start a room probably. And then I I didn't see anything and and I exited out and then
1: I get the invitation
2: right after. Um I am
1: still learning how the invitations work on this, because I used to be able to invite everybody that followed me, and I can't do that anymore. I mean I they're they're messing with their updates, so we're still working on requests. I think some of the requests are working now, so people feel free, but we'll we'll just take this as it goes. So I didn't mean to cut you off. Can you hear me? You there. Oh there we go. Now you're back. Okay. Your signal okay. dropped all the way off.
2: Oh, that's weird. That's weird. I, I, I walked like five feet away. Um, I am, first off, Jason Kidd, man, 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 man. I've thought about this ever since Damian Lillard came out and said that he was the coach that he wanted. I think we're in a crossroads right now. All right. Uh, we have a bunch of, you know, the, we have to recognize the 90s and 2000s and, and, and generation of players there is a lot of complicated personalities, to say the least. And a lot of <laughs> yes. them are starting to get to the age where they're going to start coaching, and a lot of them are also respected by players. Um, it just sucks that our organization had to be the one to take a chance on kid. Um, hearing that he was basically Nico's boy as well, um, mm-hmm. besides the fact that obviously Derek lo- loves him and we know that, um, it does give me more optimism, at least from the standpoint of I think he actually will be able, as hard as it is to admit, he will be able to help with trades and free agency. That doesn't address him on the court as a as a coach, and it doesn't address, you know, what this says about Mavs culture, but I think he'll help in that respect. And then also, like, the Jeff Kavanaugh tweet that was, he put out, like, five or ten minutes ago, that he actually, he didn't confirm it, but he heard rumblings that this new signing of of Nico actually comes with Bob being pushed out. Um, so, I think there is cause for optimism. I do think I am actually optimistic about the summer. I, I think that having having Nico, it's more likely that we'll actually have the free agency that we've talked about for years and getting a big fish. If anybody is going to get a big fish in the history of mass free agency, it's going to be this guy. And if he's not,
1: I don't know how we're going to get one. <laughs> well, I, I somebody asked me via DMs earlier, just basically asked me, do you, this is a question to me, and it's I think kind of the question of, do you view Jason Kidd as the tax for getting Nico Harrison? Because it, it we, we won't know this, I don't know this, but logically it tracks that there's a little bit of a package deal going on because the Mavericks were not the first team to pursue Harrison for a basketball role. Um, I think they might have given him the highest, you know, uh, authority. Like he's literally the general manager, which is a little bit surprising considering he he's not a basketball guy. Um, but the Mavericks approach the last 10 years or so hasn't been worth it. So I'm very much willing to, to open my eyes to, to trying someone new there. But I, the, the kid hiring, um, and, and we got my man Akiva waiting in the wings to talk about this. Gonna I'm looking forward to hearing what he has to say. Um, the kid hiring sucks. Uh, it just does. He's he has not been a good basketball coach. Like he ha- he hasn't. And and I'm not interested in debating with people who think that he has been because the data shows he hasn't been. He was removed from two jobs for failed coups. You know the the Lakers fans are happy to see him go because <laughs> they're worried about the back office stuff. Um, now that does that mean uh, can he be a good coach? Why not? Um, why not? What? What's the? You know. Sometimes it takes some opportunities. He's obviously a brilliant basketball mind. So, so that, you know, very interested there. Um, I like the take. I don't know if Taylor's in the chat today, but uh, Taylor, uh, there's a guy, a person in the chat yesterday that basically said, you know, I, I'm making the case of, you know, Finley, Dirk, uh, Harrison, and uh, kid are different voices to be able to push back on Cuban. And after having listened to Tim McMahon today on um, the hoop collective podcast, there's just some, there's some value in in, in new voices because he clearly wasn't listening to anyone um, other than who, you know, maybe her Bob, I'm not sure. Don't want to speculate, but it was, if, if there's indecision in a front office, if there's not a clear voice, then you end up with muddled results, and I think for at least the past two off seasons, that's certainly the case because they're they just haven't done well enough. But uh, but yeah, I'm 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 very curious. Go ahead.
2: Yeah, and uh, one thing also that's very interesting is you know you know both of us you know former political operatives know a lot about PR. I work in PR daily, and the 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 release of I guess Dame's retweet. Along with the leak by NBA Central, right? Um, yeah, it's very interesting. Why? If there is a he, smoke. Tell me There's why. Been a I'm, I'm a very curious. Smoke a lot in Mavericks history. Um, but this is a lot of smoke. I'm not saying it's going to happen. But mm-hmm. as I said before, this Nike guy is the best shot for any yeah. any non-LA Knicks team of getting a big free agency. He is objectively. I think it was Mark J. Spears tweeted that he is one of the most intelligent basketball minds that he's ever met. Like, I'm not saying Mark, Mark J. Spears says some stupid stuff sometimes, but I don't spreading this line. I don't understand I don't, I don't that one.
1: He... <laughs> I'm just kind of curious in, in the sense of, of where some of those thoughts are coming from, but being well liked after the Mavericks have very much had a problem of not being liked. And us just not really knowing how to cope with it, there's some there's some positivity there. I, I will say I'm the the Dame thing has already made me laugh. I don't want to kick any I don't want to kick Sand in anybody's face today because I would rather people be happy for something they're excited about. But like Dame's an Adidas guy. So I don't understand why. <laughs> like
2: we don't have the with... package. We don't have the package, and my claim isn't even about the package. It's about I guess the situation of a player saying, I wanna play here. Absolutely is a lot more likely now than it was. If he's coming, it's not because we're on a short list and we had the best luck package out of all the people on the short list. If he were to come or someone of, you know, a Beal or somebody of that level, it's going to be because they said, we, I want to come there, make it happen. And then the, in the past, it's happened where you're forced basically to, they'll, they'll have to take K, Like if Damien wants to come here so bad, Beal wants to come here so bad, right. be forced to take KP plus whatever we give them. There's, they sure. have no choice. But that's the only way it's going to happen with those big names. But I don't think it's unlikely. I just think it's – well, I'm not betting on it. I'm not going to go to Vegas right now and and drop a wager.
1: But I'm not going to – Well, it it goes from being – and so I want you guys to understand, like, Dalton is my, my buddy. Like, I talk to the guy five times a day. Dalton will sometimes cast into the wind about what he's hopeful for. With someone that has earnest connections and is liked around the league in a way that's a lot different than respected. Like, frankly, just liking someone is more important. You know, like plenty of guys li- respected Dirk. We don't know how many of them are actually friends with him. He's a you know kind of a different guy, but people liking the front office guy just it it has to matter. Relationships are extremely important in a- aspects of life and. I know this. You know this. I've I sometimes downplay it because I think the basketball is pretty darn important. But when basketball is not being played, like now, um, it it matters. So appreciate you coming up, Joel. You got anything else?
2: All right, well, Sean, I... say, I'm oh, done. Go ahead. But I just wanted to say, someone we'll just put uh, Luca and Simmons is greater than Luca and Dame. They're gonna have to leave this green room. We can't have. I mean,
1: I, 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 Ben Simmons is, we we should have a later podcast this summer talking about like potential trade guys and some of the stuff, this is completely off topic, but like some of the stuff I'm reading and hearing from like Philadelphia people about Simmons is so weird. And I'm really glad we don't have to deal with that. We have our own head case in KP, uh, coming up next to Sean. How you doing, Sean?
3: I am doing okay. I mean, I feel gross. This, yeah. like, it's, I thought about today, like, oh, well, what if we did get Dame or what if we won a championship? And I just, I couldn't get over that grossness of, like, hiring J-Kid. And it's not really about J-Kid. Like, yeah. erase his name and just input anybody with his history and the organization's history. Yeah. Like, and you, you've talked about cognitive dissonance the last, you know, last two days. And it's you know we've had to deal with you know I've been dealing with the last you know, three years of the sexual assault, sexual harassment, that kind of thing, and it you know they keep just doing more things that are like you know eventually it gets to the point of like do I care about basketball enough to continue watching you? Like
1: and there are people who aren't. I mean we had two writers leave Mavs Moneyball a couple of years ago. They were just done with it. It was just too much and i will continue to watch i'm not gonna lie i am simply just at in in awe of of how quickly this all moved because you know cuban was so contrite and so you know he cried on national television and it's it's less I, I, one thing i need to to make clear and i just really haven't because people have been coming at me in twitter and dms and very unhappy with me it's like I'm not saying I don't want Jason Kidd to never work again. I'm saying I don't understand how the team with this particular recent history can ignore that recent history and then hire the guy who has problems with his past and also is not a good head coach. Like, it's just a bunch of huh to me. Now, someone pointing out to me that, that Nico was probably, like, it was probably a bit of an agreed-to package deal. Makes a lot more sense and has has taken a little of the fire out from me because the Mavericks had to make a choice of what was more important. It wasn't hiring. If this is what if this is true, big if here, then w- they weren't hiring Jason Kidd for the nostalgia factor, which was a big part of what I in- immediately latched onto and was frankly pissed about. Um, but if there's some some things where they have to weigh pros and cons for the basketball and they chose to go with Kidd then I have no choice but to accept that.
3: You know, I can get, I can understand that. You know, my thinking was this felt a lot like, uh, I don't know if you follow high school football or even college football, Mount Vernon hiring Art Mm -hmm. Briles two years ago. You know, it was happened at like midnight on a Friday and it happened very quickly. And this, this gave me the same kind of vibes and, I'm a Texas Tech alum, and the same kind of rumors of Art Barlow is going to be the next head coach at Tech, and it was the same same yep. kind of if he's hired, like I'm, I'm going to have to think long and hard about how much I like Tech football, and thankfully he wasn't hired. But right, you know, and you know, if we even want to talk about uh, Jason Kidd, because so, someone was. Throwing around an article today about how what he would do, you know, in his words, what he would do differently. And we have two decades worth of Jason Kidd kind of being a shitty person.
1: Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. No, it's a long, long list. Like there was, there's an article on ESPN from seven years ago that just lists the stuff that he's done as a person and as a coach that are highly questionable. And it's the sort of stuff that when the Mavericks weren't attached to it, when it was just him, and even when he was on the Mavs, that I could kind of put it in the back of my head. It's the two things married together that that where I'm uncomfortable about. That's all.
3: Yeah, it's it's why when like we don't think about that stuff. We think about our own team, you know, and the people that were saying, well, if you, you know, he was on 2008, why didn't you think about it then? Like, one, I was, you know, 13, 14, but also, like, you don't, not every time something comes up, like, you make a decision about how you feel about it. I didn't care about Jason Kidd. Like, I was happy the Mavs were winning. Right. Right.
1: And and that will largely... That will largely be like. Let's just be honest. Like that might be the case when, because I honestly, Josh, Josh Bo's talking about this today. When the Mavs start winning, how much are we going to talk about this? Not very much. But if the Mavs don't succeed, and kid is at the root of the problem, it's it's gonna oh. be a mess. But I don't yeah. know. I understand though. I understand why you're frustrated.
3: Yeah, it's it's very hard to, for someone to change his personality. And it yep. doesn't happen very often. Sure, sure. And it's most likely not going to happen now. Well, so. we'll see. You
1: know, like like one oh. thing I I've been kind of amused about is like I feel like like Cuban has made like a bit of a Game of Thrones style like season one style like leadership team where everybody like just a little dicey, a little weird, and like like to be quite honest, kids pat like past attempts at accumulating power neither have worked and maybe if he's working with the GM right now who he knows who he's on good terms with that none of that stuff is going to happen um that's kind of a, a way forward because if, if he kind of knows his role and doesn't you know just simply coaches the team like he's a hard driving coach like like that's one thing you know like like Rob Mahoney just wrote an article for the Ringer where he essentially said like he's he's a hard driving coach that that you know uh, is, is not like this lovable player friendly guy. Like it's it's just, it's kind of an odd all around hire. But again, if you, we, we can't think of these things as one individual item. It's like part of the set, the team, the front office and coach, and the whole kind of unifying vision going forward. The Mavericks have something in mind. And so I don't, I'm not really interested in giving them the benefit of the doubt right now but I don't really have a choice. Like we can't influence this and we're kind of interested in the team. So it's just, like the thing that we have to do is sort of just take a seat and, and watch. And I will, you know, I drive people nuts on my social media with my thoughts on this, but it, it it's just, it's kind of how I, I I work through things and then talking to you guys here as well. So, you know, I understand why you feel this way, particularly about, about, you know, but at, least at this point it's settled and, you know, you can kind of make a choice about how much you're, you're interested in moving, moving forward because we'll, you know, we'll see.
3: Yeah, I guess. Yeah, we will. That's... Yeah. MP is officially hired now, so...
1: Oh, yes. Well, thank you,
3: Sean, for coming up. Well, thank you for having me.
1: All right, coming up next, we have a whole range of people waiting yeah, to yell he- at me. Um, he- all right. You... Yeah. Akiva, I'm going to need you to remove yourself from stage because the audio is not just not coming through. It's a bit of a bit of a chat problem. Andrew, I'm going to invite you up. How are you doing, Andrew?
4: Uh, good afternoon, Kirk. It's we'll see how this goes. I, I'm right in the boat with you that this is not feeling good. Uh, but I also believe in the redemption. So, sure. If if this call, if this is a package deal. I think Nico's going to be good for the GM if nothing else, an outside voice. Yes. So kid needs to have a zero tolerance policy for any thing going on outside basketball, where if he screws up again, he has to be dropped.
1: Yeah. I don't think he's had any problems since his D he had a DUI in 2013. Where mm-hmm. um, he crashed into a telephone pole. I don't think he's had any off court issues since then. I really don't. Yep. And one other hot take Kid
4: is going to be our new Avery Johnson. He's going to be the coach that brings us to the next step. We'll never get to the end, but the one he, they bring in to replace Kid will be the one
1: to get us to the title. Oh, spicy. I like it.
4: And that's all I got. Let's go to the next person.
1: Thanks, buddy. Okay. Victor, how you doing, Victor? Hit that unmute button there and feel free to fire away your take.
5: Hey Kurt, how's it going, man?
1: It's going. It's going.
5: Yeah, uh, I I'm I'm a little I'm I feel like most of the community are a little on defense about this, but I I understand it's it seems to be kind of a you know, to, to soften the blow of losing Coach and Donnie when we're moving in the direction of Finn and Kid and bringing Dirk on as an advisor. Uh, it definitely feels more PR than basketball-related. And I know Cuban kind of needs to, to, to stuff the cover it up with more basketball minds as opposed to his analytic guys, but I don't know who else he really interviewed. I, I, don't, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm a little... I'm Me a little either. No, it's, it's...
1: The process is, is, you know, the Mavericks do a really good job putting out information early about what they're going to do. And then they, you know, because of the rapidity of the process, there's no real way for reporters to follow up. And if you know, they, they were Mark Stein reported early that they brought in that that kind of uh, GM consulting yeah, firm that. Yeah, they didn't use that. They didn't use yeah, that. Like, like, I that I, I don't I don't know this, fan. of course, but, you know, that's that, like most amazing. right. Right. And it's like then they went with kid and it just, you know, these things are all about relationships at the end. They really they really, really are. I've heard from multiple people that this guy, uh, this Nico Harrison had. Teams had tried to get him away from Nike before, so you know. I've never. I, I don't the love the process, but yeah, I, I will. I just I have to admit that I'm I'm extremely intrigued. At at a minimum, you know, if if this was kind of the Mavericks' one big off season move to do something different, I think they I think they succeeded. Now you know, failure or success comes with time and results, but right i i'm certainly not
5: bored i'll tell you that much yeah the the, the big thing about the nico man the the nico um that's almost said nico manian nico uh the nico thing is i feel like it's uh definitely a breath of fresh air um uh, since i've been a mavericks fan we've only had four coaches i've been here since the maybe middling time of of don nelson and and, you know, it's it's kind of feels a little bit refreshing to have a different viewpoint in the front office. But uh, I don't know, you know, it seems like in my time as a fan that the top-tier guys, I don't know if Cuban has done this purposely, but it seems like they almost have an aversion to Dallas. I hope this kind of patches that up because <laughs> we're we definitely going to need some help, man. This is a was not a good ending to the season. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's just
1: weird. And, you know, the the way they lost in a frustrating fashion leaves a little <laughs> bit of a, a, a taste in our mouths, which nobody likes. And then the exit interviews were annoying. And then it seems that Tim Cato's story expedited a process that was already underway.
5: And then we've that's been
1: fed the, various lines.
5: That's the thing what? that... that... I've been kind of, you know, maybe trying to piece together, and what the, and Carlisle's last statement to Tim McMahon about his suggestion for Jason Kidd is what kind of threw me for a loop, as if, you know, either Donnie told him something that was coming along, and the, who they were talking about in his replacement, and Carlisle was just trying to be, you know, kind of an asshole about it or you know, doing a little nudge-nudge kind of deal. I don't know. I, I don't know if, you know, Cause he just went right out the door right after Donnie and for him to kind of just know, like it seemed like he was, you know, he was going to Indiana and then for him to make that comment, he kind of seemed like he knows we were looking at Jason Kidd.
1: Well, so do you want to know what I felt like whenever the kid hire went through after Carlisle's comments, I felt like that scene in Anchorman where, where Will Farrell's trying to explain to, to Veronica Corningstone where he's like, I thought it was a joke. I told all my friends, like, we're just screaming at her. She said she wanted to be a, on the re- reporter. And I'm like, that's how I felt. It's like, it, what is going on here? But then, of course, you hear all the news people today, big man. Well, this has just been something that's underway for a week. And I'm like, a week? What? Yeah, a week is what he said. Yeah, exactly. And that's these these dis- so I'm just like, why are we? I would have, might have started, probably would have started a week-long grassroots campaign uh, to, you know, to argue, you know, it's too late now, but Cuban wanted to listen to us anyways, whatever. This is just a weird time. Weird this time.
5: Weird as hell. <sighs> I, I definitely felt like there was some some kind of insider, hey, Rick, this is what they're about to do before I get out the door, just in case type of thing. Right. I don't know. It, it's It's weird. But I, I appreciate you giving me the time to speak, Kurt. Thank you, man. Sure thing, Victor. You have a good day. Uh, okay. Yeah.
1: Coming up next, we got my guy Christian. How are you, Christian?
5: Hey, can you hear me?
6: Cool. Um. Yeah, so I just had a couple of thoughts. Obviously, I was pretty surprised and disappointed about the kid hiring like everyone else. Um, I think all of us kind of thought it was going to be – you know it was like the first offseason where there was change coming but in a while at least and I think everyone just kind of thought it would be internal hires and it was Mosley and it was Finley and those those were going to be the two hires and everyone was like really lukewarm about it and I, I'm just surprised that both the GM and the coach were completely different directions um, and the way that I like i feel equally like i feel equally bad about the head coaches as good as i feel about the gm so it's like this weird middle ground um but i i almost feel better about them going just different than being this like kind of internal promotion that i think everyone sort of expected because the rick stuff that came out really makes me feel like it was just a shit show like under like just kind of like under wraps the past two years or so. So uh, I,
1: I think like like the stuff with Rick. I, I, I'll just kind of phrase it and say that he was not by after 13 years he had worn out his welcome with how he interacted with everyone. Um, I'm not sure if any of y'all listen to to Ben and Skin on the radio on on the net of the station that they're on, but both of them were very honest and basically said this man is 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 just mean and like mean about all sorts of random stuff, like basic interactions with like humans and you know after 13 years of war, like like it, it kind of comes off in the media sense where it's like oh he makes fun of Tim Cato, haha ha, that's cute but he apparently does that. Like it made it seem like he kind of does that sort of stuff, like treated people generally rude across the board. So it's like, people are just kind of, it seemed like, like his time was just like, if they had made it to the second round, maybe it'd be a different deal, but it just, his time might've been over and that's okay. And then you go on your way out and, and it's just, it's, it's very weird. It's weird.
7: Yeah.
6: (sighs) And the Sala stuff that came out about, uh, like how Luca felt about how he treated Salah for like the three years ago or whatever it was two years ago. Um, yeah, there's a lot there. So I don't know. I mean, I just, I think it's interesting. I think there's gonna be a lot of stuff that comes out after the fact that is really going to like, how I feel about it overall. Um, things like was the G did, was it GM first and then like he's bringing along kid as his guy or was it like, hey i want to hire a kid i'm mark cuban which gm is going to be okay with this and that like that honestly is going to determine how i feel about the entire thing just that decision right there so um i don't know but hey damian lillard's coming to dallas that's at least what the fan accounts on twitter tell us so let's get real excited about that right
1: Hey, hey! You know what? Lakers fans do this crap all the time, and they feel happy and are great and are lunatics all the time. So maybe there's just something to being like eternally, insanely optimistic. Um, and when we have Luca, like I should probably be less of an ass. That stuff matters, you know.
6: Oh <laughs> well, yeah. All right. That's all I got. Thanks for having me on.
1: Thanks, Christian. All right. Coming up next is let's see here. Edward, how are you, Edward? Hit that unmute unmute button down there.
7: There we go. Hello. How are you? Um. Well, actually, it's funny. I'm as I'm in addition to being a huge Raptors fan, I'm also a Raptors fan. So I'm psyched about that fourth pick. And I'm a I'm fan, do. so you know Stanley Cup. So that's pretty awesome.
1: You're having a good day then. Okay. Well, but...
7: until I woke up this morning and saw the kid hire. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm just I'm, I'm not going to rehash everything everyone's already said. We you know, we all don't like the fact his basketball, re- his coaching resume and front office um dysfunction resume speaks for itself. But I just want to go again with the whole, you know, his history is both kind of a not a great person, his domestic abuse and just in general. Again, you know, like you said, this is just bad timing. I just want to add something to that in addition to, you know, three years ago, Cuban was crying on TV about how he can't believe he let this happen and he feels so bad and etc. Then he trades for a player with a rape allegation in Kristaps Porzingis, and now he's hiring kid. I can't imagine there are women terribly comfortable working for the Mavericks. Like, what's changed? They're still hiring domestic abusers. They're, you know, it, it, and also just to just to add on that. We are we, we as a fan base have been way too damn forgiving of Cuban. Because at the end of the day, I think he's been a lousy owner these last few years. And at this point, put him up with Dolan, Taylor, and Gilbert as like just god-awful owners.
1: Oh, I mean, I agree with that. A hundred percent. I I wrote an article ten days ago just listing through his forward-facing PR comments that were bad for like, the organization. And people were so mad at me. Some of the emails and, t- and it's like I, I I wasn't doing anything other than like, like listing his comments and it's like tr- the truth sometimes very much hurts people and how we get to this point is the Mavericks have an unbelievably effective PR machine when it comes to certain types of messaging. It, it, they just do. I mean the 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 way they they distribute information in the Donny Nelson era, the way they were distributing, you know kind of you could tell with various reporters like who's getting tipped off about what if you follow the team long enough and it's like they just had this constant oh we're the best at this we're the best at all this stuff and yet they can't win a playoff series and it's just you know it really big picture this is why i was kind of time i i'm i'm pretty pleased with the fact that it was time for a change but it's just man it, it it I still really do like Cuban. I think he's a very interesting owner. He brings a lot of different ways of thinking, but he's no longer a one of one. There's a lot of these new money tech owners in, in the shit in the space. And you know, if these, if the new brain trust or whatever the heck they're calling themselves can sort of push him out of his comfort zone where he's calling all the shots and they go to him, with final, de- you know, all owners have final decision making, but usually, if you're pl- if you're paying someone to be your expert, you're supposed to listen to your expert. So if if he listens to them, then at least we're on a different path. Because I feel like he hasn't listened to people very much outside of the Luka Doncic trade in five or six years.
7: Well, that's that's the thing. Is I I, I agree with you that I I just I don't see him changing. I think that's just who he is. He's not the type of person who's going to listen any more than he did before. Maybe initially. Maybe for like the first mm-hmm. year, Nico will come in and he'll have a lot of control and actually do things. But I don't think it's going to last very long. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, the, the the thrill of the new will wear off and Cuban will be back up to his own, his old trick. Uh, the other thing is, I just want to yeah. add, one. I think one of the reasons that people piled on you for your comments about Cuban, one of the reasons he's so popular, I think, is, like you said, PR, but it's also, the guy has a lot of charisma. He's got a lot of energy. He's a, clearly a fan the way you and I are. If we if we had his opportunity, we'd be yes. at the back of the bench screaming and carrying on. So he's a Probably lot of fun so. to watch. But it's also, I think the big difference is, is everyone hates Dolan because he threw Charles Oakley out. Whereas Mark Cuban has a great relationship with Dirk. So if Cuban had a bad relationship with Dirk, we would have soured on Cuban ages ago because you always love the players more than the owners. And that's what Dolan doesn't get, and Cuban really does. And I think that's a huge part of it is his is the fact that we we as a fan base got lucky to have Dirk, but he as an owner got lucky to have Dirk because Dirk is the most chill superstar ever. Oh goodness, um, yes. I mean, and I gotta wonder, like, Dirk, Dirk. You, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you- I was just gonna say, could, could you imagine? Almost, maybe Tim Duncan, but other than that, can you imagine any of his contemporaries? I mean, look at look at Kevin Garnett. He just couldn't stand Glenn Taylor and forced his way out. Imagine if, you know, Dirk had looked at it when he was 34 and been like, wow, yeah, no, we're not going anywhere, and I want another chance to win at the highest level. You know, no one, no Mavericks fan would have faulted him. We all would have hated Cuban for failing it. But he's Dirk, and he didn't want to go anywhere. And as a Mavericks fan, I don't mind that, but like, you know. And that's kind of the sunny side up
1: look at, at Dirk being part of, of whatever front office structure, even if he's just kind of occasionally chiming in is there's been enough reporting over the years that Cuban has, he and Dirk have the kind of relationship where Dirk will tell him to pound sand. Um, and that is, is pretty important because I don't think a lot of people will want to argue with the boss that way. Like, I'm kind of like that when I'm in jobs. Is I just can't help myself I say all <laughs> I say the the quiet part
7: loud a lot of times, and I think Dirk will do that with Cuban at least I'm hopefully will well, we're all so. hopeful, but uh and I guess uh just one last thing uh oh shoot, I just had it, and I think i lost it. Um, give me like two seconds if I don't remember it. <laughs> that's
1: okay, that's um, okay.
7: Uh, you know what? I guess it couldn't have been that important. Thanks so much for your time. Uh, this is a lot of fun. First time I've ever, sure like, thing. pulled into anything. <laughs> oh, it, it is
1: fun. Join us again, I hope. All right. Talk to you soon.
7: Yeah, for sure. Take care. Bye.
1: All right. Coming up next, Jason. haven't seen you in here in a while, Jason, where you you know, take a sweet vacation. What's going on?
8: Oh, not much. Just crying a little bit because, oh, my God, this team is in a down spiral. But <laughs> I don't know. Oh. <laughs> like i need to i need to get away from this pessimistic locker room in order to get my optimism back but i mean i'll ignore the kid stuff for now because i think we've piled on a little bit a lot on it and i know my stance on it i know your stance on it it's like we're not going to get anywhere so i want to talk about like the off season a little bit and what nico means for that because the way i see it is that this team was not far away from going to the NBA Finals. Like I truly believe this. I think they would have beat Utah just the way Utah was hobbled and Gobert could not defend anything at all. It was So I do think like if we if we actually got through game six or game seven, we would be right there with Phoenix. And I don't necessarily think we were a great fit for Phoenix, but Paul was injured as well. So like we what I'm trying to say is that I don't think we're that far. Like it seems like I mean like all this all this stuff in the front office is, is horrible, and I don't want to think about it too much. But on the court, as horrible as the team seems, you have Luka Doncic, and that means you're always a contender. And I'm just thinking, okay, Timmy, at like $20 million or so, I love Timmy. He was a great find for us. Love the dude. He's just too inconsistent. And we saw those amazing first couple games, and then just the horrible, horrible last five games or so that... He just cannot shoot anything. So, like, I'm just like spitballing here. We talked about Conley, Larry. I don't know. What do you think about these type of just ball- veteran ball handler that lets Luca take a little bit off because he like even like I looked at some statistics. Like, Luca's usage actually isn't that much higher than someone like Donovan Mitchell. Like, I think like they were both hovering around the 48 to 50 percent mark. It's just <laughs> the fact that Luca just handles so much in like the first and second quarters. And then, Mm -hmm. like, even if the average like usage like levels out, is just because he just doesn't touch the ball in the fourth quarter because he's just so tired out, and someone like Mitchell is just able to ramp it up in the fourth quarter. So I just I do think I've come around to this that I think we do really need a ball handler, and I just don't know who's really out there like Larry and Conley. That's like the two that are like, okay, you can pay that near max slot but other than that what else can you find is there like a trade partner that i'm not thinking of what do you think that's sort of
1: what i'm hoping for because i don't really love any of the free agency options they're either old uh like lowry who you know could fall off a cliff at any moment because small guard like chris paul's bending the curve the way dirk did like guys just don't get to be 35 and are effective it's hard but he's still real good or some, you know, a lot of fans really like DeRozan, but I mean, I just, I'm not, I'm not. He
8: he, he can't shoot. We we've seen. Yeah. We need five out twenty four. Per- just how this works.
1: <laughs> yeah, so it's like, like to me, it need to me if, if you know ball handler is probably their biggest pressing concern. Though, if you guys listened to um, Joe Holbert and I on the podcast a couple days ago, he talks a lot about the need just for a, a two way big man that's not a moron. Um, to to bring you know kind of what Dwight Powell does to the offense, and then a little bit of what KP when he was you know moving better did to the defense. So there's there's kind of that sort of thought, and I'm not really sure about potential trade stuff. But again, this was you know I I, I if Xavier's in the chat, he can attest to this with with Mads Moneyball. Is you know I don't think of this stuff because it is not my job to. It is why Nico and then formerly Donnie, before him, get paid all the money. Like this is their job to figure this stuff out. Um, maybe we'll it, personally. I sort of look forward to going back to the days of not hearing anything about, um, you know, the Dallas offseason, and then things just sort of like popping up as news. You know, I, I, but you know, we're, we'll see what how this front office operates. It's a new one. Um, I I don't really have any ideas. I bet we'll we'll you know start to get some creative ones. Fans really love off season content more than you know actual games in a lot of
8: circumstances. Oh uh, yeah, and I guess I don't know, like Dinwid, Someone like Dinwiddie or Lonzo, like it's like like Lonzo's made himself into a shooter, I guess, but he can't initiate in half court. That's just not something Lonzo can really do. And then like something like Dinwiddie, like if you look at Dinwiddie's stats, like he's not actually that great of a catch and shoot guy. He's much better as a self creator just pull up type of three point shooter. Which, okay, maybe you can use him out like off the bench guy, but you have Jalen for that. So it's like, I don't think Luca and Dinwiddie are a great pairing off the top of my head. But I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how this goes. But well, that's I, why I, guys like... get to free
1: agency. I mean, that, that's kind of the the dirty little part. Is like guys get to free agency if um if if they're you know not like teams aren't having them for max max contracts. So. <laughs> Or if you know they don't come, to you, they're just not enjoying their role. It's just that that doesn't happen that often. Like guys are out on the market usually due to flaws, and it's about figuring out how to best, uh, not necessarily cover. It's not the right word, but the best way to build a team with with understanding a team's flaws.
8: yeah, definitely. And just like just going back to someone like Holmes or whatnot, it's like I feel like we've seen throughout this playoffs. Like Akin's been able to stay on the floor, but he's like a much. Much more impressive athletically, and much able to side his feet and car in the perimeter, But like guy like Holmes, even Gobert, who's like the prototypical drop coverage center. It's like we don't we have one drop coverage center in KP. We don't need two. Like you can't play KP and Holmes together. I'm sorry, as great as that flutter is, that's just not going to happen.
1: Right? No, that's that's completely where I where I understand why you feel that.
8: Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Like, I guess, like what I'm just trying to say is that. Maybe I'm being way too optimistic, but like, I felt horrible about the front office stuff yesterday. I feel a little bit better today, and I just like, I just don't want to think about this. Like, I mean, like, I just don't want to think about it. I just want to ignore it. Cuban, you can do Cuban stuff. Just, just get through the off season. Get a team around Luca. Get actual players. Spend some money. Make some trades. Get a team together and just get on the floor, and then. I don't know, I can try to forget about the kids' stuff, because holy cow, it just leaves a horrible taste in my mouth.
1: (laughs) All right. Well, let's talk soon then, okay? Sure, sure. Thanks for coming up.
8: J. Rich Island is going to turn around next season. Let's go,
1: guys. (laughs) (laughs) Later, Jason. All right, coming up next, got a couple more people, then I got to move on out of here. Ike, how you doing? Ike, what's going on? can
9: you hear me? Yep. Not much. How you doing, Kirk? So I know you made a uh, Game of Thrones reference and uh, I know I said this last night, um, talking with Jesse and Mavs lead. Um, I think I remember Littlefinger having a quote saying chaos is not a pit. Chaos is a ladder. And so, and so that's basically kind of what I've embraced. And it's kind of gone down that way. Now, of course, like, you know, from a human perspective, nobody wants to see somebody get fired and all of that. And, you know, ideally, you know, you wouldn't have want things to kind of go down the way that they did. But I've just kind of been in the mindset of, you know, apply pressure to the front office. And, you know, this isn't uh, an offseason um, to do business as usual. Right. So a couple of things with that just kind of setting the table. Right. So sure. I'm, um. I'll, I'll, let me start with kid. Let me get that out the way. Um, optically, I, I completely agree with everybody. Like this does not look good just given the recent controversies that our front office has experienced, right? And there's just a lot of shit that's been thrown at us that's been like, you know, dressed as, oh, we're doing this. You know, we're hiding this consulting firm and things of that sort. But the way things have, you know, like said, for example, it was weird. Carlisle on his way out, just a hey, out of the blue giving an endorsement to Jason Kidd, like where the f did that come from right um but besides that um and you know notwithstanding his um his issues off the court right I don't know like even with his records in uh, Brooklyn and um milwaukee, I don't know what to feel about Jason Kidd as a coach. I'm very indifferent. I I can't like be passionate one way or the other. Right. Um, Cause I don't know who he is as a coach. Like I can read narratives that says he didn't know what he was doing. I can watch a game and kind of not like form an opinion either. I mean, I know that he was instrumental in the development of Giannis and all of that, but what type of coach is he? I, I just, I don't know. So, but again, you know, on the flip side, for those that were immediately calling for the head of Carlisle, this is kind of the muck that you get in, right? Like the grass isn't necessarily always greener, but on the, you know, trying to take a little sip of some optimism. Yeah. You know, redemption is possible, especially like this is, you know, his franchise, you know, his heart is here. You know, the story is, you know, even when he was at Cal, he always wanted to be a Maverick supposedly and stuff like that. So you know, maybe within that time frame that he's been an assistant, he has picked up some things uh, that you can't ignore the fact that he is very well liked and respected by other players and things of that sort being signed off by Dirk and by Luca kind of says something. So uh, I guess for the most part, I'm not all doom and gloom on it. I just, I really, I'm not like passionate either way. I'm just kind of like eyebrow kind of raised and kind of willing to see that, um, but the GM, I'm actually more on the side of, like, I'm excited because this is, just, this is like, not typical, right? Um, and this guy seems to be uh, really, like, relationship-based, which is something that we haven't had the luxury of having a lot of times. As far as, like, somebody that's within our front office that has, like, legitimate um, uh, relationships with other players and stuff like that. And a lot of times, that's, like, the first step to, like, get really getting somebody in the door, which is something that we've probably had uh, difficulty um, in doing as far as when we're approaching um, you know, pers- perspective free agents. Yes. Yeah.
1: Well, and I think the argument can be made about how this sort of opens up the realm of the possible because a lot of things in the NBA as we watch it now happen because players of a certain caliber want it to happen. Um, And that just hasn't really been the case since the 2011 CBA where there's ever been anyone of, of value, like big, like probably, let's just say top 30, top 50 NBA player. Um, And so far as, you know, a guy saying, I want to go be a Dallas Maverick, uh, maybe Harrison Barnes in 2016, I guess that could be kind of one, but it's not just hasn't happened. So, if there are, you know, guys who like this guy where he can make, you know, in the off season when people are talking about stuff and trying to figure out paths forward or, you know, what situations are, you know, being a guy in the room really helps. And Donnie Nelson was a guy like that 10, 15 years ago. Um, he still has, a, but he just, you know, kind of wasn't anymore. I mean, he's 58 years old. Um, these guys are younger and that just sort of has to matter.
9: So I agree with this. Yeah, it's not it's not all. I mean, I like I understand everybody else's take and You know, I don't dismiss it. You know, I don't. Again, the kid thing is it's, it's so weird to me. <laughs> it just is Um, like I would have been like, you know, if if Terry Stotts was, you know, brought in to be interviewed and ended up being a finalist, I would have been OK with that, you know. I think a lot of it, and even with Kid, a lot of it's going to be based upon um, who he surrounds himself with. Uh, maybe that's a lesson learned from his previous uh, stints uh, in Milwaukee and Brooklyn. I know I was reading about, um, you know, J.J. Berea and, and Terry possibly being on the staff and stuff like that or whatever. It's just, it's, it's weird. But again, I, I guess I'm just embracing it because I, you know, I don't know if you've seen that little, Jeff or the meme of like um i, I guess it's like somebody that looks like elmo and there's like fire in his background like i've been putting that up constantly because <laughs> I'm, I'm i'm just i'll I'll just be frank i'm with the shit like let's the chaos we needed like sometimes you need to stir the pot shake the feathers whatever it seems you know to kind of take that next step so um you know, just with that kind of overview, I'm I'm with it, and I'm I'm intrigued to see you know what what is you know waiting for us as far as the the off season. Well,
1: yeah, I'm like I'm I'm, I'll become more excited. Um, I'm sort of glad in one sense to have this wrapped up. I would like there's a there's some like sort of like like evergreen Mavericks content. I'm looking forward to like tossing out to you guys because one thing I sort of hate about the off season. Is how things like how hypotheticals like dive into like jihad's against one another, like when I'm talking with my friends, and then over the internet, where like people just want it. I think so and so would fear. It's like, well, who cares? Nobody cares what we think. We don't get to choose a team. (laughs) And so I'm looking forward to get to getting to do some. uh, So so just to kind of put this out out in y'all's ear, one of the things I I want to do in the coming weeks is I want to do a talk about a map podcast where you guys bring one of your your more random ads up and we just kind of chat about you know former player x for a while anyways but yeah thank you very much for coming up ike you got anything no that's it man i
9: appreciate it all
1: right you have a good one okay one more speaker and then i gotta go i'm really sorry guys um i'm gonna bring up a name i don't recognize still got some requests though so i i'm sorry marco hi marco Mark, are you there?
3: There we go. How are you doing? Good. How are you doing, Kirk? Uh, oh. long time listener, first time speaker. That's right. Thanks for joining uh, us. I just, I just want to take a little take on the kid situation. Um, I keep hearing people talking about his personal issues, and it's not a good fit. This isn't this, that, but I mean, I'm not. I don't really care about his personal life. You know, as long as he coaches good. He does his job. That's all that I'm worried about. I mean, people may say that in the past he probably coached bad with the other teams he was with. But I'm sure he learned from those mistakes, you know. I'm sure he's not going to make them again. And he hasn't coached a guy like Luca before.
1: Well, he coached a guy like Giannis. And he sort of went for... He got let go from two previous jobs for kind of going for general manager-like power grabs. Um. (laughs) Like, really wild stuff if you kind of go look at it. But the argument to be made with him coming in with the GM who seems to either approve of him or they are kind of a package deal um, is that you hope that nothing like that happens and that they can kind of get along and figure this out together. I I will say that the margin for error, at least for the coach is going to be narrow because we all kind of have to assume that Luca signed off on this. Right. And you know, the moment Luca kind of gets fed up with you, seems to be, you know, when you get shown the door, as Carlisle kind of noticed in advance. So, I don't know, I'm I'm looking, I'm just, I'm I'm already kind of antsy for, for Dallas basketball. It's only been like three weeks, and of course we're going to have much longer than that. So, I don't know, it's going to be very different next season, that's for sure. I just hope everything gets better. I do. Well, you know, they're like, Sometimes and, and I've run into this problem a lot where I'm just like, "Oh, the sky is falling." Well, they were the fifth seed in the West, and maybe if they didn't have COVID, they might have been top four. So there, there's still a lot of promise. Like Luca exists, and I'm gonna I'm just gonna keep telling myself that.
3: Yeah, hopefully we can new plays, new regimen, new everything. That's right. Yeah, that's a well. Thank, thank you, Marco, you very much for
1: having me. Sure thing, Popey. Come back. Have a good day.
3: You
1: too. All right, guys. Uh, I don't know when we're gonna be back probably early next week um i'm going to try to have a couple of the shows uh subscribe to mads money World podcast tell your friends to join us on here we have a great time every time we do one of these um you guys are amazing and i appreciate those of you who come up here on stage and try to help out uh we will be coming to you again shortly everyone enjoy your weekend
5: today's episode is brought to you by cars.com